Making the community a healthier place is always at the forefront of what we're doing at the Portage Health Foundation. And one of the ways we're doing that is with the PHF podcast. I'm Michael Babcock, and I host this podcast where we tell the stories of the people, organizations, projects, and events that are focused on improving the health of our community. From meeting the people behind the scenes at our farmers markets, understanding more about our local education, emergency services, nonprofit, or criminal justice systems, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Simply search Portage Health Foundation. Welcome back to Capra Country Today, brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation. You can learn more about them at phfgive.org. I'm Grant Ducetto, joined by the Executive Director of the National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation, Tom Irvine. And to get started, from what I can tell, you were named Executive Director last fall. It hasn't been that long, correct? It hasn't been that long. Actually, it, 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 it's a little bit of a shift. I was... Uh, prior to executive director, I had been uh, board chair for several years. And really the idea was moving from board chair to really executive director, um, we're, we're kind of setting the organization up to be more of a more of a staff run, kind of professional staff run organization versus a, a volunteer board run organization and uh, my role may be uh, interim or you know I may be in this for years. And Tom we will get to the documentary that your group has just released or will be releasing shortly on Isle Royal but first I kind of want to talk about the actual organization itself. You bill yourselves as the National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation Obviously, Isle Royal, which the headquarters is just down the street from us here in Houghton, that's got to be one of them. What are some of the other national parks that you are concerned with? We are the only uh, authorized uh, organization that can raise money for the five national parks on on Lake Superior. And, and, And our role isn't just raising money, it's working with the parks on strategic planning and programming and uh, basically being a kind of an independent eyes and ears that, that works with the national parks. But we, um, our five parks are um, uh, Apostle Islands National Lakeshore, Grand Portage National Monument, Isle Royal National Park, Keweenaw National Historic Park, and Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore. So, all five national parks on Lake Superior, they're in our basket. I was curious. And, if, don't, ask, uh, and don't ask me which is my favorite park because. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it would be hard to favorite. tell with this one just because, for example, uh, Isle Royal, you have a lot of synergy there between Isle Royal and the Keweenaw National Historical Park. Some of the staff are involved with both of those operations, but they're so different from each other. One's more of a cultural and historical center. And then the other one is more of a, a natural resource, a geographic and uh, outdoorsy type of venue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the connection between Isle Royal and, and Keweenaw are more obvious, but actually the connection between um, Grand Portage National Monument and the you know Grand Portage Band of Chippewa are, are very tightly interwoven and connected. So, you know, that connection, I would say the people in in the Grand Portage area and the, the farthest North Shore of Minnesota, you know, feel just as akin to 
Isle Royal as you know everyone does in the Keweenaw and and the Upper Peninsula. So that island, that amazing island of, of Isle Royal, is uh, is near and dear to um, really all of us on on Lake Superior. So, but but definitely you know Keweenaw and Grand Portage have an absolute direct connection to the to the island. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as your tenure with the foundation, when did it get started mm-hmm. and what made you decide that you wanted to pursue that particular opportunity? I actually got involved around the time that the, uh, the original wolf transfer was going on in early 2019. So really not, not that long ago, but I, um, I had heard that they were looking for a new board member and i was very interested um you know my my background had primarily been in in business but i'd been involved in a lot of businesses related to historical restoration i've always been interested in in history and and cultural anthropology and and all those things but uh my interest in in the lake, uh, Lake Superior and, and, and the parks, uh, really came from really a long legacy in my family. I had generations of lighthouse keepers that tended the lights at, uh, Rock of Ages, uh, Outer Island, Off Sable, Michigan Island, and, uh, and the Apostles. So it's kind of in my blood to, uh, be waking up thinking about Lake Superior every day and, and having the opportunity to be involved with these parks and having a uh, front row view to some some of these lighthouses that uh, have been in my family lore for well over 100 years was, was pretty enticing to me, so... And over the last three years or so, as you've gotten to become a bigger part of the uh, National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation, what have you learned that perhaps you didn't know before you joined the organization? That would that would be a probably a twenty four hour uh, podcast. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's it's been a, well, it's maybe been distill a it down to two or three kind of unique uh, facts or perhaps unique perspectives that you've gained since you've taken over here and been part of this organization. You know, it's been a really interesting ride so far, and um, learning about learning about how the national park system is structured and how they operate, and um, both the challenges that that they have um, and the opportunities that exist, and and how these truly national treasures, uh, which are our our national parks. Um, you know how they're dealing with the the changing environment, which is just radically changing before our very eyes, and just um, you know the social changes of how people use and visit the national parks now uh, is uh, is just evolving as we speak, and um, so that's been interesting. It's also been uh, for me, uh, honestly, uh, it's it's been. It's been my first um, experience diving in with both feet into the nonprofit world, which is which is a whole different, uh, you know, a whole different experience than uh, being in, involved in in private business or 
organizations of that sort. So it's, uh, you know, it's also been really amazing to me the the passion that uh, that people have for the lake, the parks, and um, honestly, wolves. I mean, the you know, kind of the 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 attraction that people from around the world have for the work that we we do uh related to the wolves at isle royal has just been astounding and uh the interest from you know emails and messages and donations and and uh requests for interviews from people you know around the world about about this work is it's just been uh, amazing to me and uh i believe so there's it. uh yeah as yeah, a graduate so, of Michigan Tech, I always kind of knew about the predator-prey study that was being done out on Isle Royal because it dates back to the 1950s originally before we had the yeah. the ice bridge and the fact that many of the wolves left in the mid-2010 decade there. But you guys decided that you were going to carry it on, put them back out there, and now we have a documentary coming out, correct? Return of the Wolves, Lessons from the Wilderness, about that experience? We do. We do, we do, and it's and it's uh, it's really. I mean, it's out now. the uh, The documentary was was created in in partnership with Curiosity Stream, and it really the first part of the documentary really documents what went into the transfer of these wolves and just the the immense you know, care and preparation and planning that, that, that went into this, this whole operation. I mean, it was a, you know, it involved, uh, three states and, a in a province. And I, I mean, the, honestly, that the detente that's involved with moving endangered or, or wild animals like this is, is, is just, so part of our role in all that not only was helping to fund and, and organize some of this, but also really be a intermediary between all the different, uh, uh, you know, interested stakeholders in this big project. So Now, when you actually did the reintroduction of the wolves, did you do it during the wintertime? And if so, is it difficult to get a film crew out there to a remote place like Isle Royal to take the photos and take the video of that particular sequence when you're doing it in perhaps January or February? Well, everything's difficult. <laughs> uh, everything, every, everything is difficult in, in winter when it comes to Isle Royal. Actually, it's difficult year round when it comes to any kind of planning or schedule related to Isle Royal, because uh, as as we all hear constantly, the lake is the boss. And if, you know, the lake decides that, uh, the lake and the weather decide that, you know, you're not going today, then you're not going today. And it may be a week from now. And so we had, uh, you know, during the, the relocation was, was kind of during the polar vortex timing and, you know, the, government shutdown was going on then and all those all those aspects created challenges for this this effort so the filming part um as challenging as it is you know with with equipment and and people and sub-zero temperatures it's it's actually easier 
you know, it's easier to see wolves out in the snow than it is, uh, you know, hidden in the, you know, in the dense forest. Um, so it, it's kind of, it's kind of the only time that you can really do this type of work. So, um, some of our, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you know, some of, some of our footage is pretty epic of, uh, of how all this worked and all the equipment that went into it and, you know, all the people and the veterinarians and the, and the professionals that, uh, you know, that put their heart and soul into, you know, making this happen. Speaking of viewing this particular documentary, if somebody wants to do so, how can they do that? Is it available online or do they have to buy a physical copy or, or what are some of the no, different avenues? No. Absolutely not. They they can actually they can actually go to our our website, which is uh, www.nplsf.org, and they can uh, they can view the they can view the video or they can view the the, the full fi- film. Um, they can download the film. They can um, they can review and and download our our curriculum too so we we always felt that uh, this this whole exercise related to the documentary film needed to be a piece of uh of, of educational um have educational uh content and and structured in a way that it would be a you know a, a serious learning vehicle so do you tend to get your materials into schools? Do you find that there are various elementary schools across the upper Midwest that, that perhaps would use this documentary or some of the attached materials in a learning environment? Well, this this is actually our, our first serious foray into creating uh, actual curriculum. Um, and so, you know, uh, this is our first attempt, but we, we went in, we went in, uh, you know, with both feet and, uh, we believe it will probably be, uh, although this is our, you know, our first, it certainly will not be our last. And, and we have a number of other projects kind of in the hopper right now that will eventually be turned into educational programming and, and curriculum. But, but, uh, we just put this out last week. So we've had, uh, We've had probably by, you know, a thousand X uh, more people visiting our website and downloading lesson plans. And, you know, this is, it's, it's, is as difficult as, as the uh, educational world is right now with um, dealing with, with COVID and, and uh, distance learning and all the challenges that we have right now having this type of uh, educational curriculum available for uh, traditional schooling and homeschooling and um, giving teachers something more to work with right now that is, that is very inspiring and interesting to students from, you know, really K to 12. And, and I, I think it's, uh, uh, it, it's certainly not just for kids either. I mean, I've looked at the lesson plans and shared the lesson plans with, with plenty of adults that are really enjoying them too. So it's, uh, you know, it's a good start.
And for those who are just joining us, the documentary film is Return of the Wolves, Lessons from the Wilderness. You can find it online at nplsf.org. I have the executive director of the National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation, Tom Irvine, on the phone. And Tom, maybe we can talk about just how busy things have gotten the last couple of years. I know that Pictured Rocks in particular is so busy, they're talking about potentially charging an admittance fee for the first time ever. That is true. That will be happening. Our five parks on, on Lake Superior have all seen a pretty significant uh, uptick in, in visitation over the last couple of years. Uh, Isle Royale is a little bit more of an exception to the rule simply because of the, the difficulty and the, and the depth of, of planning that it really requires to visit Isle Royal. But uh, as far as daily visits, part of the reason that, that Pictured Rocks has, has had so many visits, people are going for day trips um, as they are at uh, the Apostle Islands and, and Grand Portage and, and uh, Keweenaw Historical Park to some extent. It's just people have have taken the opportunity during the, you know, the pandemic and being shut in to, you know, to get out and, and see their national parks and, and visit, you know, a lot of, a lot of the visitors are first time visitors. And I guess from my point of view, uh, advocating for the parks, although they are, you know, we all own these parks, they're public resources. Uh, I just really would implore people to, do a little research before you get there, you know, kind of, kind of read up and, and know what you're getting into. Think about the, you know, the environment and, and, uh, you know, maybe even times of the week and day when you can go, um, and, and, you know, be respectful, you know, be respectful to the parks because they're, um, they're under a lot of pressure and especially, Pictured Rocks, you know, Pictured Rocks has almost, you know, tripled their visitation in the last two years. And their, you know, their infrastructure for dealing with crowds like that has, has been pushed to the brink. And, you know, not all visitors are, you know, as respectful to, you know, this, these amazing, uh, you know, assets as they should be. And so, take out what you bring in and, and, you know, take, take lots of, lots of pictures and stay on the trails and just, just savor the beauty because they are just spectacular parks. And even, not even, but, you know, Keweenaw, the, the historical structures and the buildings and the, and the story behind, you know, behind Keweenaw is so fascinating. And, you know, if you're a photographer, um, it's, I, I can't think of too many places you can go where you just are, are mesmerized by these Quincy mine and these old structures that, that exist, that, uh, they're just a, not only a copper mine, but a gold, a gold mine of, uh, of content for, for the photographers. Given the fact that your foundation is based out of St. Paul, that's a good, probably seven or eight hours from pictured rocks. Is it easier for your foundation to kind of operate from the the five thousand foot view, so to speak, where you're doing it maybe from an outside viewpoint compared to being on the ground, or do you think that can be a a curse to a degree as well? 
Well, um, honestly, the the foundation was was based in Houghton for years, and I, I, I I'd actually say we're we're kind of we have um, we're we're kind of co headquartered in in Houghton and St. Paul. Uh, part of the reason that we're in St. Paul is because I live in St. Paul, <laughs> and so, um, but. You know, we are a uh, we we really represent and serve uh, not only a, a, a regional audience and a regional donor base, but a a national and an international. And um, you know, living in St. Paul, uh, Lake Superior is 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 almost you know is almost uh, you know our uh, neighborhood lake believe it or not there's there's so many people from from this part of minnesota that uh, that recreate and have homes or are associated deeply associated with with uh, lake superior so um part of it is you know part of the reason we're here is is a you know is a business really a a, a business functioning rationale for the foundation but um, we also have board members. Um, we have most of our board members uh, uh, live in the UP, so we're not, you know, we're not uh, we're not faking it. You know, we we walk <laughs> the talk. We're very connected, and we belong we belong in St. Paul. We also belong in and in, in Grand Portage and Bayfield, Wisconsin, and and uh, you know Houghton, Michigan, and in Marquette. So. Uh, we, we cover the we cover the you know the gambit. There's you know the other thing about that. There's a lot of the uh, the national parks friends groups like we are that, that are based here. So there's a there's a pool of resources of organizations that you know are that are are like minded and working on on similar agendas for different parks. So it gives us a um, kind of a skilled resource base of people to you know apply our craft and our craft is is uh helping to you know promote and preserve and and uh and work with with the national parks tom irvine the executive director of the national parks of lake superior foundation anything you want to add perhaps that i have not asked about in this conversation the only thing I'd add is uh, enjoy our lake, enjoy these parks, and uh, visit us at ntlsf.org. Uh, watch the documentary and download the curriculum, or you know, look at some of the other interesting projects we're involved in. And uh, we're always interested in having you know new followers on uh, active on Instagram and Facebook and and. Uh, LinkedIn, so um, we, we welcome all, and we welcome your input. So thank you very much for having me. Not a problem. Anytime. Tom Irvine, once again, the Executive Director of the National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation.